My name is Andrew Kays, and I'm the pastor at Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church of Paynes Point. That's in rural Oregon, Illinois. You're about to hear me preach. Now, this episode was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic, during which time public worship has been disrupted. We don't have it every Sunday. Therefore, all sermons have been recorded ahead of time to make them available online. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture is NRSV, used under the gratis policy of the copyright holder, the National Council of Churches. Our first reading comes from the 23rd chapter of Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety, and this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Here ends the reading. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you, sisters and brothers in Christ. It should come as no surprise to you. You've heard it many times before. Jesus is your shepherd. You are one of Jesus' flock. You are a sheep. (laughs) Language sometimes changes so quick. It wasn't 10 years ago. This was quite the sentiment. It was the kind of metaphor you could really hang your hat on. It did well to describe your relationship with God. We covered our churches and homes with artwork that depicted Jesus as shepherd and us as sheep. Because what do shepherds do? They do the same sort of things God does for us. Guide, provide, organize. God seeks after, God draws in. And yet today, if I say you are a sheep, 
You might hear that as an insult. It's used to describe people who simply can't, won't, or just don't think for themselves, but instead merely believe what they're told. But to say that out loud, it doesn't seem like the definition changed all that much. It's just went from being a nice sentiment to an insult. Like when it comes to an authority that you trust and rely on, maybe even Jesus, now you're supposed to question everything. I won't claim you shouldn't think for yourself. You absolutely should. But the fact is humans are hyper-specialized. We cannot know each and every aspect of every important factor influencing our lives. We depend on other people and uh, their variety of insight, experience, and knowledge. And when they're in positions of leadership or guidance to help simplify and guide our decision-making process. There's no inherent problem with deferring to others when they know better about the subject. The problem arises when we defer to the wrong sources. Well, today may feel like a bit of an echo. It's like a mini version of Good Shepherd Sunday, which is fresh in our minds. But now instead of Jesus as shepherd in light of the resurrection, we're considering Jesus as shepherd in light of his ministry, like these teachings out in the countryside. So it's the same metaphor but from a different angle. And in fact, this metaphor is used so many times with so many angles. Let's start by zipping back in time to Jeremiah. Hundreds of years before, five, six hundred years before, this is one of those exilic prophets writing about what was happening to Judah under the Babylonian Empire. Many people had been exiled to Babylon. Particularly, they would take the well-read, the scholars and the religious and political leaders. They were displaced into Babylon because that's how some ancient empires and some not-so-ancient regimes, keep people submissive. You undermine the people who are connected, who know others, who can organize people, and who keep the cultural traditions going, you know, at least in terms of uh, knowing the scriptures and leading the worship and what have you. And you scatter them about because if they're not there, the people can't get organized. At the same time, even though it it sounds like they're the ones who might be first to suffer, Jeremiah has some accusations. The shepherds, which includes the kings and political and religious leaders, according to Jeremiah here, they're the reason we're in this mess. They've led the people astray, and now everyone's being punished or at the very least suffering the natural consequences of the poor decisions those shepherds made. At the same time, There's a lot of tensions here. Jeremiah is hopeful. He sees that a remnant of the people who have stayed faithful will be the basis of the next generation of faithful people back in Judah. It's a complicated moment in history. The guilty and the innocent are intertwined in a way that we can't separate them. Some are in their homeland. Some are in exile from both camps. And there's no quick and easy solution. The prophets have a lot of ideas. So there's not one specific person or misdeed that created this problem on its own, and yet there's this repeated assurance that with time, God will sort all of them out. God's people suffering under the thumb of bad shepherds isn't something that will go on forever. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't a new theme for Jeremiah, and it's not a theme that went away. It began the moment kings arise in Israel's history, and it goes up through Jesus' time. Note that Jesus, when he sees his fellow Jewish folk, he has very much the same impression Jeremiah had. They were like sheep with no shepherd at all. 
To recap real quickly then, back then as now, sheep is not